Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Bish. Appreciate that very much. Bish and I share a name, Enric. My uh, middle name is the same, just in the older form, the old Norwegian form, Hamrik. But uh, it's exciting to be here today. How are you guys doing? Yeah? Doing good? I, three people over here, I don't think, said anything. You're okay? Okay. <laughs> We're glad you... Good, good to be here. I, I was doing a lot of training with a guy named John Maxwell. And you know John, the, the leadership guy who wrote the books and all that? So I've been doing a lot of training with him. And so I've happened on video and stuff. And, and so I've seen him quite often as he gets up to speak. He always says, hi, I'm John, and I'm your friend. And uh, I always thought that was kind of nice when he says that. But I, I thought this morning that more appropriately, I'm Danny, and I'm your brother. Yeah, I'm your brother in the Lord, and we're family. And it's so great that we're praying for the other churches. Um, we've been going through a lot lately, uh, our communities. And so we need to pray for the health of our churches, right? We need to pray that they get stronger. It's great to be with you guys today. I do Pastor Lighthouse Church just down the street, um, and uh, I just got started over there with our service there and had to slip out as the bluegrass band was coming up. So I, I missed the bluegrass worship band this morning to be here, so I want you to know how much I'm giving up for you. It was, uh, it was a great uh, experience over there, so I scooted out and but I, I do have a word. Andreas asked me, would you be willing to speak? And I said, absolutely. And uh, as always, I, I seek the Lord. I say, Lord, what's the word you'd have for me? And as I just let it settle in my heart, God gave me a picture. And uh, I'm going to share it with you. But first, let me, let me start with a story. Uh, this is a story about a friend of mine who was uh, also a pastor in my community, in uh, Salmon Arm, where I used to live. And he, he and I pastored once he pastored the other Pentecostal church in town. So we, we connected quite often. We were good colleagues. And over many years, we um, had done lots of things together, uh, preached in each other's pulpits like I'm doing here. And, and I knew his family well, his kids well. And, uh, but one day I got a phone call. It was a lady in my church. And she, she said, Pastor, she goes, I'm, uh, I'm working with victim services. And I'm over here at Pastor Norville's house. And... Um, it's, sorry, it's hard to even share it. He said his, his wife was just killed in a car accident. And she goes, we don't know what to do. Someone's got to be here. There's no one around. And I said, I'm over there right now. And I booted over there to his house and I walked in and the police officers and them left and um, found a little bit of what had happened. And then I, I just sat there. And for the most part, for the next few hours, most of it was just sitting in silence as we embraced the, the loss and the grief. Um, had to track down his kids and phone them and let them know. And it was just a really, really difficult time. It was a time when you, you ask a lot of questions, right? You ask questions about, where are you, God? Right? She, she was, they were getting ready for a wedding the next day, and so his wife just thought, I'll, I'll boot down to the church and get the bulletins ready, and, um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go down and just get them out of the way. And uh, little did he know that she didn't even make it as far as the church. The semi had run through a red light, and she was gone quickly. So we sat there together wondering these questions. Where are you, God? How are you going to fix this? This is going to forever alter a life and family. And, uh, and a daughter who's a month away from having their first grandchild. 
this is, this is tough, you know? And I think the question that even hit me the most was probably because two of us are pastors. You know, and we're pastors, which means we, we go through emergency situations. I've been at the side of many people who have lost a loved one, and, and I've known how to encourage them. I've known how to say the right words. I've known how to say the things like you heard in the songs today, you know, don't worry, God's with you. But we're, we're pastors now, and we're asking ourselves, when it comes to me, when it comes to you, do we believe what we've been telling everyone else? Are we going to be able to hold on to the faith in this kind of deep time? That, that, kind, that event really hit me really hard. And the two of us, I mean, obviously got through that. I came alongside his church and was there to help and encourage his church as they walked through the grief she was not only his wife, she was the youth pastor. She was, you know, the heart of what was going on in the church. Long before we had phones like you used to figure out what it was you're supposed to say, we used to just have our wife was the front row. Well, honey, what did I miss? <laughs> she was the one who kept her husband in line. I was don't forget this, honey. Yeah, okay. How, how, do you, how do you go on when you lose that? So it was a tough time. Today, I feel in my heart like I, I want to come to you and I want to sit with you a little bit. I want, to, I want to come and just encourage you through the deep sense of grief and loss that we've gone through. You don't have to look very far in our news or to be even, you'd have to be hiding under a rock somewhere to deny that we have lost, that we are grieving. Our world is not the same world it was two and a half years ago. We were going along our merry way thinking everything's pretty good and all of a sudden we got sideswiped and, 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 and this went on and went on and, and, and it's been difficult and so many things in this world have gone awry that you and I have to just be honest with ourselves and recognize that we're hurting, that we've experienced loss. This world will not be the same. Many of us who are older, we prayed for our grandkids we prayed for the little ones, and we've said, what world are they raised up in, right? What kind of culture and the kind of climate are political nightmares that have been going on? More and more polarization, harder and harder to find unity. These kind of situations, they're difficult, and there's lots of ways we can get involved and we can be a part of it, but sometimes we just have to stop and sit and embrace the reality that we've experienced loss. I asked this bigger question even is God able to fix this? I mean, I know the story, and many of you would know it too, of a time when Jesus got in a boat with his disciples, and they were just going to go across the lake somewhere, and he went to sleep and had a nap, and a storm rose up, and, and all the disciples were freaking out, and they didn't know what they were going to do, and so they, they were crying out, and finally one of them wakes up, Jesus, come on, man, aren't you going to do something about this? You know, that's how I feel a little bit. You know, like, are you going to do something about this, Jesus? And we know in that story, he got up and he said to the winds, hey, stop. He said to the sea, calm down. And it went still. And the disciples were amazed. And I'm sure it propelled them by faith into a great many things that they did. But honestly, it's hard for me to sometimes accept that, yes, he did the wind and the waves, but can you do this? Can you heal a nation? Can you, can you bind a world together? Can you, can you stop a war that's devastating so many people and seeing people killed? God, can you do that much? That's the big question that we can struggle with. And I think in our pain and our hurt and our grief, we face it. We just have to be honest about it. 
Well, there was a picture that I want to share with you. It was painted many centuries ago. It wasn't painted with brushes and paint. It was painted with words. But it was a, a picture that I believe was sent out at a time when people were asking the very same question. Uh, a time when people were facing adversity from the nation that was in power. They were facing an animosity from their brothers and friends. There were even people that were being killed for no other reason than they wanted to follow Christ. And in the midst of it all, they were telling each other that God is good and, and you know, and he's, he's got the best for you and he's going to come back again. And, and, and they're asking the question, where, how, when, and even God, are you able to handle this? So the picture was given to us and it's found in the book of Revelation. And I want to let John paint that picture for you again. So how about, how about we do this? You close your eyes. You close your eyes and, and visualize as I read this picture. See what comes in your mind, okay? So close your eyes. It says, at once I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. And surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. And seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. And from that throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like the sea of glass, clear as crystal. Let me stop there for a moment. You get that picture? I don't know what you see, but for me, it takes me back to like the 70s, the psychedelic photos and these people used to put up on their walls, uh, made out of velvet usually and stuff. Like a, it, was, it was a trippy time. But this has kind of got that feel to it a little bit, right? There's a rainbow and, and there's jewels and it's sparkly. And there's thunder and there's lightning. I mean, you just get this picture. It's powerful. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's astounding. It's out of this world. The picture goes on, and I, I'm just going to go down into chapter 5. And if you got the idea, you can leave your eyes open this time, but keep imagining. Chapter 5, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and, seat, and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seal and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside of it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion in the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. You know, honestly, until I, I was preparing for this message, I don't think I ever asked myself the question, why, why was John weeping so much? He's in heaven, and yet he's weeping. And it struck me, I, I don't even know if I've ever asked myself the question, and part of that's just because that's how unfamiliar with grief and loss that I am. And that's how difficult to embrace that concept is, is in my culture, our culture. 
Uh, and yet in his culture and in his understanding, there was much to weep about because in that scroll and on those seals held the judgment. It held the answer. What we've all been talking about, how and when, and when is this ever going to be delivered? And there it is. It's right there in the seal. God's about to declare the answer, but no one can open it. And John begins to weep. He's thinking about his friends. He's thinking about all those brothers and sisters who are longing for the justice of God to be brought to bear, who are longing for deliverance, who are longing for something to bring this about. And, and, he, and he wants them so desperately to hear it. And now he comes to the scene of heaven and no one, no one can open it. But praise God for that one guy on the, seated on a throne with a crown of gold around the sea of glass. And he gets down and walks over and he says to John, why are you crying? Don't cry. Listen, you haven't seen. Look over there. And all of a sudden, walking out, comes this one. And he says this. I go on, verse 6. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. And the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, when he had taken it, it's obviously a big deal because the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. And each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. The lamb comes and gets the throne and all heaven breaks out into praise and to worship because he's there and he's found it. And, and I take note that the, the bowls they were carrying held the prayers of the saints all, all of us who've been praying, God, how are you going to fix this? God, you got to do something. When you pray for the Ukraine or you pray for someone, there it is in the presence of God, and he's aware of it, and he's going to answer it, and the answer is here for us to take note of. My job here today is to encourage you, to come alongside of you, and I brought this picture to share with you. Because I'm here, I think, to remind you, nothing's changed. Keep the faith. Okay? Nothing's changed. Keep the faith. When your world isn't going so well, or even when the world, uh, the world isn't going so well, and you start to wonder if faith is still valid, it is. When the world seems to be against you, and you wonder if your Savior is still able to save you, He is. Anyone here need a reminder like that? Too bad we don't have little three-dimensional emoticons because you'd be pressing a little button and little reactions would be going up in the air. And little hearts and thumbs up, and yellow ones and white ones. And you'd be pressing a little button. You can say amen if you, can't, if you don't have one of those 3D emoticons. You can just say amen. Anyone need a reminder like this? Come on. My friend used to say giddy up. I don't know why, but he's, he'd, be sitting there in the, he'd be sitting there in the road. He'd be, instead of saying amen, he'd go, giddy up. I don't know, he's from Texas or something. I don't know. We need encouragement. I want to encourage you. Nothing has changed. Keep the faith, okay? It's a couple thoughts to you, okay? 
Nothing has changed. Grace doesn't ever let go of you. Okay? Grace doesn't ever let go of you. Despite the times when the world's crashing in on us or around us, we need to be reminded that while the severity of the times can go up and down, the situation has not changed. God's grace has delivered you from everything. Our victory is rooted in an event. It's rooted in event. And I love how you started Montana with, with Romans and the reminder that, that we have a strong and solid foundation. It's rooted in an event. It's not by how we feel. It's rooted in a reality that Christ, the lamb, it says, the lamb looking as if it had been slain. Jesus carrying about, even in heaven, even in the future, carrying about him the image of that sacrifice that he made, the event that happened that secured our grace, that secured our, our solution. Our victory is rooted not in our emotions, but in the event. In a triumphant moment, death was defeated. The curse of Adam lost its power. I was making a list of things uh, about, I was making a list of things that we get because he was slain. Because he was slain, I have access to God the Father. Because he was slain, I have the Holy Spirit. In our text, it said the sevenfold spirit of the seven spirits of God, which goes forth into the world. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit is here because of what Christ did for us. Because of Christ, I have victory over death. My eternity is secured in Christ. Because he was slain, I have forgiveness for all the sins that the enemy keeps throwing in my face. I am not being punished and made to suffer because of how short I fall. Because Jesus took my punishment upon him in the cross. Look at the person beside you and say, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. All the bad things that are going on. I mean, I have them. The people come into my office and they say, say, Pastor, uh, these bad times are coming. Is it because of this? Is it because I did this? You know, I'm like, no. You've been set free by grace. The bad things are happening because this is an evil world. But Christ has set you free. You're not being punished. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you need to, to be reminded of that. You're not being punished. Bad things that can be happening are, are not necessarily your fault. It's just the, the situations we live in. How many of these things that we get from Christ have changed because of COVID-19? None of them. How many of these things have changed because Russia invaded Ukraine? None of them. How many of these things have changed because of the personal challenges that you're facing right now? None of them. Grace has gotten its grip on you, and none of this can mess with that. You might be saying, yeah, but the evil one out there is really bad. You know, it's grown so much worse over the centuries. Let me remind you of one more thing that hasn't changed, okay? The enemy is still a liar, okay? Nothing has changed. The enemy is still a liar. The world is going crazy, and bad stuff is happening all over the place, but the enemy is Satan. He's behind everything. We know that, right? I know you say Putin, and people say that, well, he's just pure evil, or this or that. Okay, listen, behind the per everybody's redeemable. Everybody's redeemable. We wouldn't be following Paul the Apostle when he went around on a massacring hunt, counting down Christians and killing them, and God redeemed him. God can redeem Putin and make him an ambassador for Christ. Okay, it's not people that we fight against, right? It's the enemy. There's Satan and his dominions that are behind everything, and he is still a liar. Nothing's new. He's still a lion prowling around seeking who he can devour. 
He's still the father of lies. That's his weapon of choice. But Satan, my friends, is still just a fallen angel. See, we, we get, <laughs> I, I watch the Marvel movies. Do you guys watch those, some of those crazy movies? And, you know, I love the superheroes and all that stuff. What's interesting is Marvel knows that in order to really make it good, the enemy's got to get stronger. So Thanos, who's already powerful, gets a glove and gets the infinity stones so he can wipe out the earth. See, the enemy gets all this power and everybody goes, oh no, he's got the infinity stones now. Guys, that's not true in this case. Satan doesn't have any more power. He's the same as he was then, is the same as now. He's got one trick, lying. And despite how terrible it might look, despite what you're facing, the enemy is still just a fallen angel who was defeated by Christ. Jesus, in fact, told us, yeah, times are going to get tough. In Matthew 24, he told us there'll be wars and rumors of wars. And he, he talked about all these things that are going to happen. And he said these words in verse 6, don't be alarmed. It's going to get tough, but stand strong, he says. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Grace has you and it won't let you go, not even in the face of the devil who's still kicking and screaming. Reminds me of that great verse that Paul shared with the church at Rome. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a statement made 2,000 years ago by Christ. It's a statement that's uh, understood in the picture we just painted that Christ is on the throne, the Lamb is worthy. It's not, nothing has changed. The enemy's still just kicking and screaming and lying. Grace has got you. It's going to hold on to you. You've got this. And there's one other thing that hasn't changed, and it's the central figure of this story, and that is the lamb. Okay? The lamb is still able. The picture is painted of the end times. It's pictured of a time when Jesus will, will pick the scroll. But who is worthy? He is. He was worthy when he defeated the enemy at the cross. He's worthy in the scene, the picture of the ending. We're just in the in-between time, waiting for that to be all unveiled. But God is able. I know there are times when I, I question, yeah, he calmed the storm. You know, could he do this? I have to be reminded as I look at the scriptures, he is able. He can do this. The chorus of, of old that we used to sing, um, I still like singing old hymns sometimes and getting together and just hammering them out because I'm older and I grew up singing all those hymns and stuff. And so even though I love, you know, Cody Carnes and all the great new stuff that's coming out and Shane and Shane, all these guys, uh, there's just something goes back into my heart when someone starts singing, you know, my God, he is able to deliver thee, though by sin oppressed, go to him for rest. Our God is able to deliver thee. Boy, I wish I could sing. You know, if I was Bish, I'd be a great preacher. Yeah. Because preachers that can sing and preach, they own it, man. They, uh, I, I want to sing, but my wife and kids have always told me, don't do it, Dad. Don't do it, Dad. But you can't help it. I want to burst out his song over that. But I'll just say it. He is able to deliver thee. The lamb may have been molested by the devil 2,000 years ago, but when he rose from the dead, he was exalted to the right hand of the Father. 
There's a song, another one, but it's in Philippians chapter 2, and it says about Christ, and it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That was declared already by, by Paul in a letter under the inspiration of the Spirit 2,000 years ago, and we see the picture of it in coming up, the reality that Christ has been exalted. That's who he is right now. And how beautiful is this picture of the elder who comes over to John as he's weeping to draw his attention to, to the Jesus who he somehow didn't see. Then this tumultuous scene in which Jesus appears and everyone bows Everyone, all those seated on the thrones around the sea, the four creatures representing all of creation, they all bow down and they worship him. And just like a good Grammy awarding, a Grammy awarding, uh, <laughs> Grammy award winning performance, the curtain pulls back and a gospel choir marches out. Don't you just love it when they do that, you know? American Idol or something, and they're singing, all of a sudden the choir comes out, and oh, man, I just start weeping almost. I'm just like, I love it. That's what happens in this scene, this picture in heaven of them singing. They start this chorus, and then a huge heavenly host start singing and joining in with the, with the, the praises that they're bringing to God. All this is not for John's benefit. John wrote this down, but it wasn't for his benefit. It was for us. I mean, he, he was writing it to encourage the church in his day who were dealing with some pretty massive stuff, okay? Not, I don't want to belittle what they were going through. They, we, we, we assume that it's worse now, but we, we don't know. All through history, there have been times that have been just horrible. But he wrote it to encourage them, and, but the Holy Spirit superimposed himself and superintended the writing. This is the idea of divine revelation in the Bible and the inspiration of how God commanded his word to be written so that all cross generations right to this room right here, this word and this picture speaks to you. It's a, it's a picture to encourage you that God is able. He is on the throne and he can do this. I, I know I was here to remind you and to encourage you and that's what I want to do is just lift you up, but I would be remiss if I didn't point out just a couple of things I think we could do. Because you don't want to just walk away feeling good from a service. Um, you you want to walk away and, and feel like there's some action I could take, something, something I could do. And, and I, I think it would be, in, in my heart, something you could do to, to move past some of the grief and the hurt and the sorrow and begin to see the joy of the Lord in that place. And, and the first step I think I'd take in these, these comments I was reading through this text, and the first is to be honest. Okay, honesty is the starting place of growth. Honesty is the starting place of movement. If you're not honest with where you're at now, how can you get to where you need to go? You got to have that, that, that little map, right? You know the little map where it says you are here? Um, uh, and you, and you, you got to know where you are in order to get your bearings. And, and I love in this story how John wept. He embraced the sorrow he was feeling. And I want to encourage you, church, don't deny the tragedy. We don't serve each other well when we just walk around giving high fives and, and, and going, oh, God's got this. Don't worry about it. And we just encourage each other. 
nothing wrong with encouraging you, right? There's nothing wrong with, with doing that, but not at the expense of denying the tragedy. You got to open up your heart and recognize you're hurting. You know, I'm an optimist, so I, I rarely get down. In fact, I never get angry. I never get mad ever. Um, and, and, and I just, it's not a part of my character, my being. And I'm always like the, like everything goes like a water off a duck's back. People hurt me. I just, oh, no, don't worry about it. You know, and, and I've never been good at this, embracing things. But I remember one time I said to God, okay, I'll try this. And I, I just started to talk to God, and I just started expressing some things. Yeah, you know, somebody said something kind of hurt. And you know what? I just started into this, and all of a sudden I was angry, and I was yelling at God. And I was like, that's not fair. And I went, whoa, where did this come from? Where did this come from? You know what the reality was? Is sometimes we got this inside of us. Hurt, loss, grief. And we don't want to acknowledge it. And, and I, I think we need to be honest. So maybe a first step might be for you to just be honest about it. Don't, don't go railing about it on Facebook. Don't go ranting about it for six months or anything like that. But just maybe going out and talking to a friend or going for a walk and just being honest with God even. Uh, or just having a chance to just tell the person, I don't need you to fix anything. Especially if it's a guy. I don't need you to fix anything. I just want you to listen. <laughs> I just need to talk about how I'm feeling because I feel like there's something there and I need to get it out. And so we be honest. That's our starting point. And, and I think also another great action we can have is to be that encourager. Okay? To be that encourager. Uh, let's, that, let's be like that elder uh, who, who walked over to John. Let, let's be that kind of person who when we see somebody weeping, we can come alongside and put an arm around them. We can sit with them and we can say, hey, can I tell, can I tell you about something? Would it help if I talked to you a little bit about Jesus? Could, could I give you a couple of scriptures that come to my mind? You know, don't, don't, don't minimize their tragedy or their hurt, but maybe just lift them up with a few scriptures, such as that I've read this morning, and maybe other pictures from the Word that might come to you. But be an encourager, okay? Okay? You can, you can look at somebody and say, God's got this, right? Do that. Turn, turn to somebody beside you and say, hey, God's got this. Can you do that? Can you do it? God's got this. Oh, you're a quiet church. You're really quiet. Okay, God's got this. God's, God's got this, okay? It's okay, it's okay. You can say, God's got this, man. Don't worry. Give him a man hug. Okay. Um, you can do that, right? That's as easy as it is sometimes. Just, just looking at someone saying, God's got this, man. And I'm here. I'm here with you. And then the last was, I, I, I think I can encourage you to be a worshiper. In fact, I'm going to invite the team to come on back, and we're going to end with a chance to just lift up some praise and worship to God because we need to be worshipers. If you look at the, the words of the many different songs we, we heard already, you see that theme coming out. It comes out in our, in our songs that we, we worship the Lord, the Lamb who was slain. When we get that picture back in our heart again, it lifts us up out of the hurt and out of the pain, and it sets us back in a place where we can function again. So be a worshiper. I used to love listening to the old Imperial albums. And again, I won't break into song as badly as I want to. But Russ Taft crooning and singing, praise the Lord. When you're up against the struggles, praise the Lord, right? He said, when you're up against the struggles that shatter all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes, praise the Lord, he said. He said, he can work through those who praise him. So praise the Lord. And those chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. How many of you are singing in your head with me, right? Yeah, you know that song, right? Go home and YouTube, or go home and YouTube it. You'll love it. Kids, that's a 
79 classic that, man, I got and put in my turntable and then copied onto my Radio Shack tape and put it in my car. Um, man, those were good days. Okay. Together, we're going to get through this, guys. We're not only going to get through these dark times. We're not only going to get through tough times. We're going to thrive. We're going to thrive. We're, we're going to survive and thrive. And, and we're going to carry about in us the image of this victorious Christ to others who don't have this hope, who grace hasn't gripped them yet, and, and they're feeling harassed. And they're saying, how do you hold it together? And you say, well, if you've got time, I'd love to tell you about it. We can thrive and we can help others to thrive. That's my encouragement for you today. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just pray for each one that's here. In fact, I especially pray for those that are feeling discouraged. Those that are feeling at a loss because this this world as we know it has been changing and, and it's scary and it's it's been difficult and, and I know there are some here who have even been reticent to acknowledge just how hurting they are over this. And I pray that God, you would give us the strength to be honest. And then I pray that you would fill us with the hope of that picture of, of your victory. And I pray you would help us to survive and thrive. And we would go forth and triumph in this place and into this world. You're coming back, Lord, one day, and you've got it all figured out. You're going to open that seal. You're going to open that scroll, and you're going to declare the freedom that we've longed for. And until that time, we'll just hang on, and we'll just keep loving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.